In early 2015, I made reference in a Sunday homily to a movie I had just seen entitled Unbroken. The movie was about the late Louis Zamperini, who was a distance runner on the United States Olympic team of 1936. But that was not the aspect of his life that the film focused on. Louis Zamperini also served in the U.S. Army Air Corps during the Second World War as a bombardier. And on May 27, 1943, his plane crashed into the Pacific Ocean, where he spent the next 47 days on a life raft, desperately trying to stay alive. He was finally rescued. Unfortunately, it was by the Japanese, who promptly sent him to a prison camp until the end of the war in 1945. There he was beaten, tortured mercilessly, especially by one particular guard nicknamed The Bird, who eventually made it onto Douglas MacArthur's list of the 40 most wanted war criminals in Japan. The film focused on Louis Zamperini's experience of being on that raft for 47 days and then in the prison camp, and it ended with him being freed and coming home at the end of the war. In the homily I gave back in 2015, I said that Unbroken was a good movie as far as it went. The problem is it didn't go far enough. Just before the credits rolled at the end of the film, a brief epilogue was posted, and in that epilogue it said that Louis Zamperini forgave those who had treated him so horribly during the war, and that he'd followed through on a promise he made to God when he was floating on that raft in the Pacific for 47 days. He said to the Lord, Lord, if you will save me, I will serve you forever. But you see, the viewer, like me, was left wondering, how exactly did he do that? Not only how did he serve God, but how did he deal with his anger? How did he deal with all the other negative emotions that he had to have experienced after all those months in captivity? Samparini's captors treated him literally like an animal. It couldn't have been easy to forgive them had to have been an incredible struggle for him. Unfortunately, the film did not address any of that. And that was sad. But the sequel did. The sequel, entitled Unbroken, Path to Redemption, was released just over a week ago. I saw it at Showcase Cinema in Warwick the other day. It picked up, not surprisingly, where the first film ended, with Lewis returning home from the war. He came back, as so many of our soldiers do, a hero, but a wounded one. Not physically, but emotionally and mentally. He had flashbacks, he had nightmares that, that tormented him for a long time. He had anger that he had to deal with. We call it post-traumatic stress disorder now. We didn't back then, didn't know what it was exactly. And, he, and then he ended up turning to alcohol which nearly destroyed his marriage and his family. And for a long time he refused to get help, denying that he had a problem. It's a trend with alcoholics, they deny they have a problem. His wife finally persuaded him one night to attend a Billy Graham crusade with her, a crusade that was being held near their home in Los Angeles. Now that by that time, Louis Samperini had turned completely away from God, despite the promise that he made on the raft that day that he would serve God forever. 
But he begrudgingly agreed to go with his wife to the mission. And it was there that he had a conversion experience that changed his life. Something like the experience St. Paul had on the road to Damascus 2,000 years ago. At the end, they showed footage of an interview with the real Louis Samperini. And during that interview, he said that after he gave his life to Christ at that Billy Graham, Billy, Billy Graham crusade, he never had another nightmare about the war, and he never abused alcohol again. He was even eventually able to forgive those Japanese soldiers who had tortured him during the war, including the bird. I mention Louis Samperini's story today because I think it illustrates a truth that we see in all three of the readings we have this weekend. The truth is this. What's going on inside of us is ultimately more important than what's going on outside of us. On the outside, Louis Samperini experienced many horrors during his time in that Japanese prison camp, no doubt about it. And that was bad enough. But what was even worse was what was happening to him at the same time on the inside. As he was going through all these negative experiences, terrible experiences, he was being filled with anger and bitterness and hatred. And that's certainly understandable from a human perspective, given what, what he was dealing with. But those things wreaked havoc in his life after he returned home at the end of the war. Even when circumstances became good for him on the outside, he had a beautiful wife, young child, but he was still a mess on the inside. It wasn't, wasn't until he dealt with the disorder within himself, in his mind, his heart, and his soul, was until then that he found peace. Today's readings remind us of the sins and the attitudes that can have the same destructive effect in our lives if we don't deal with them properly. Our first reading from Wisdom 2, for example, illustrates the destructive power of envy. Remember, envy is worse than jealousy. The envious person says, I want what you have and I'm willing to destroy you in order to get it. Listen again to these words from that first reading. The wicked say, let, the let us beset the just one because he is obnoxious to us. He sets himself against our doings, reproaches us for transgressions of the law, and charges us with violations of our training. With revilement and torture, let us put the just one to the test. Let us condemn him to a shameful death, for according to his own words, God will take care of him. That's envy. Now those words were written many years before the crucifixion and death of Jesus, but they express almost perfectly the attitude of our Lord's enemies toward him. Well, that same attitude can get inside of us if we're not careful. And this is especially true, I would say, in the United States right now, where envy is ingrained, in some sense, into our culture. Many people run their businesses today, for example, on envy. They don't just want to make a living. They don't just want to make a profit. They want to destroy the competition. Envy has also found its way into our public life, into political campaigning. Let's be honest about it. If you're running for public office these days against an incumbent, it's no longer enough to tell voters your position on an issue and how your position 
differs from your opponent's. Those days are long gone. Now you're expected to tear down your opponent, the person you're running against. You want what your opponent has, and to get it, you try to discredit and to destroy him in the eyes of as many voters as possible. Some call that the politics of political personal destruction. I prefer to use a more theological term. That's political envy. Because envy is really at the root of it all. And it operates in both parties. Most all of them are like that. Then we have St. James in today's second reading reminding us of the dangers of jealousy and selfish ambition and emotions that are out of control, what he calls here passions. When they get inside of us, they lead almost always to conflicts and wars. Reminds me of a famous quote of Bishop Sheen's. Bishop Sheen once wrote, There can be no world peace unless there is soul peace. World wars are only projections of the conflicts waged inside the souls of modern men. For nothing happens in the external world that has not first happened within a soul. Brings us to the Gospel reading from Mark chapter 9, where we hear about an argument that the apostles were having among themselves one day about who was the greatest. That argument, which manifested itself on the outside, was the result of pride and maybe even a little envy on the inside, on the inside of each one of them. And it was that attitude of pride that Jesus addressed when he said to the Twelve, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. What's going on inside of us is ultimately more important than what's going on outside of us. Today we should pray for the grace to recognize whatever is going on inside of us right now. Whatever is going on in us that needs to be addressed especially our sins, of course, but also the hurts that are often the root of those sins. Recall that Louis Samperini's sins of anger, hatred, etc., those things were rooted in the hurts of his life, the hurts especially he had experienced in that Japanese prison camp. That kind of thing can happen to any one of us. And once we recognize what's going on inside of us, we need to pray for the grace to deal with it effectively by getting the counsel or the guidance or the medical help we need or simply by making a good confession.